The concept of retirement in this country is broken. We work ourselves to death and we miss out on so many of life's precious experiences. And as a certified financial planner and CPA here in Nashville, Tennessee, I'm committed to helping free others from this antiquated mindset using my three-bucket approach to managing money and to find creative ways to live now and retire while you work. Join me as we change the way we think about money and time and which one of these is the true currency. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Miles Zuger, Wealth Advisor and Certified Financial Planner at David Adams Wealth Group. Happy to be back with you all again on the Retire While You Work podcast. And today I want to talk about um, you know, some important financial decisions to consider when getting, getting married. Um, so let's just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag from the start. I think this is a conversation that no one wants to have as they embark, embark on what should be one of the happiest days of their life. No, no, no. I'm not talking about getting a new puppy. I'm talking about the conversation centered around money before your big wedding day. As someone who recently got married himself, I think this is a timely moment to have this conversation. You know, looking at some research, studies show that money is the number one topic married couples argue about and the leading source of stress in a marriage. You know, depending on who you ask or where you look, it's commonly one of the top three reasons that lead to divorce. It's tough to say how much of this could be reduced by asking, discussing, and conversating over a few simple questions from the get-go, but I think it's fair to say it would have some positive effect overall. You may be asking yourself, well, what are these right questions? You know, and each situation is different, and the same discussions aren't going to pertain to everyone, but I think these basic questions are a great place to start for couples. So let's kick it off here. With question number one, what are your financial goals? What are you trying to accomplish financially over the next one, three, five, 10, 20, even 50 years? You know, is it a new home in the next couple of years or is it saving for early retirement? Without having this conversation, how are each of you going to know what the other is thinking? Um, you know, one person could be thinking one thing, one person could be thinking the other, and they could be totally different. And I think it's important to be on the same page as you embark on your new marriage. What do each of you have for assets and liabilities? Chances are both of you probably have a pretty good idea um, or some sort of basic idea on this. But to use a wedding term, for better or for worse, there could be something you don't know about. You know, not to be um, negative or play devil's advocate here, but you know, there is the potential that uh, maybe one partner is hiding something that they're embarrassed about from the other one and being open, um, again, from the start is going to make this so much easier heading into, heading into the marriage. Moving on to the third uh, question here. Should you join your bank accounts, and how will financial responsibilities be shared? I think across the board, opinions vary pretty heavily on this, and that's fine. There's no right way to do things. It truly is what works for you and keeps the stress level low. That's going to be the right way to do things. It may be some sort of combination um, of a joint and separate accounts that work so that each of you can have your own bank account. But whatever it is, be sure you both equal, equally agreed upon that choice. I think if either party feels that one person or the other um, had more say in the decision, there's most likely going to be um, some resentment. I think at some point over whatever topic it might have been, if it, we all have felt that way when somebody had final say over, over that decision. Moving on to the next one here. 
do you have a budget and have you been using a budget, you know, for yourself, you know, for starters, I think it's important to be sure that all necessities are paid first and then decide how much each of you are comfortable with, um, you know, spending on discretionary expenses. And I think it's important to note that, you know, the easiest way to do this could be to decide on some lump sum that each partner gets each month to go towards their discretionary expenses, whether that's, you know, something as low as $50 or $100, $200, $500, whatever that amount is, certainly going to vary relationship by relationships and be, um, you know, independent or dependent of income levels as well. But, you know, once you decide on that amount, it's important to allow that person to, you know, spend that money on what they choose and, and, and that's their decision and you need to be okay with that. As we move on here, um, have adequate life insurance. Um, this isn't an amount that's going to, you know, make the other one rich. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is, you know, having something in place to help the other partner out, you know, should an emergency or a catastrophic event happen. You know, this amount is something that's going to leave, you know, leave the other one without worry. Um, you know, it's going to be, you know, at, you know, when death occurs, there's, it's tragic and you never know how you're going to respond to your put in a situation like that. I think it's important to have proper life insurance to allow the, you know, the remaining spouse to be able to grieve properly without a financial burden, um, you know, not have to worry about if the mortgage is going to be paid or if the bills are going to be paid, but truly be able to process what they're feeling and decide, you know, on their terms, what those next steps are going to be for them. And lastly here, have an estate plan. For young couples, I think this often gets over overlooked. Um, and going into a first marriage with no kids, this isn't you know as important for couples maybe entering into a second marriage. But I think it is important for those uh, first marriage um, couples to at least know what the other one's wishes are and have something in place so that they can be honored. Um, and you know, for couples going into a second or even a third marriage with grown kids, I think this is a must-have conversation and something that um, you know, needs to be done on, on the front end to help protect all involved. Um, you know, when there, there's kids from, um, you know, combined into a family from previous marriages, I think, um, you know, when, when something catastrophic happens, there's a potential for there to be arguing and fighting and bickering over what's left in that estate. And that's, you know, the last thing that you want, um, for, for your family. Um, I think it's important to to note here as we close, you know, in no way you know, do these six questions cover every financial aspect um, that needs to be discussed when entering into a marriage. But I do think it's a pretty good starting point um, to get the conversation going. I'm no therapist, but when having these conversations, I think it's very important to let the, the person who is talking get their full thought across without interruption. I know my wife always tells me, just because that's how you would do it doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. And she's 100% right. And in addition, I think it's important to note that chances are a lot of the above questions and other discussions you might have around money are going to need to end in a compromise. And they should. That's exactly how it should happen. It's not just about you or them anymore. You truly are a team, emotionally and financially. Till death do you part. Again, this is Miles Zuger. Wealth Advisor and Certified Financial Planner at Dave Adams Wealth Group. I appreciate y'all joining me today, and I look forward to being back soon. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening today to Retire While You Work. I'm David Adams and hope you'll continue to listen as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money. And now some friendly disclaimers to make my compliance department at Raymond James happy. Here we go. Any opinions are those of myself, David Adams, and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information contained in these podcasts do not purport to be a complete description of the securities markets or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Every investor situation is unique, and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Any hypothetical examples are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary. Raymond James does not provide legal or tax services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. <sighs> there you go.